Hi everyone, Mark Renison here from Third Shot Sports and Pickleball Problems, and this is a micro edition of our podcast. These are uh, three questions that came in from one particular player, Bob McIntyre in Wisconsin, and I thought they were good questions people might appreciate, so we're going to get to them quickly. So first up, Bob asks, can you please comment on the importance, if at all, of things that you hear in other racket and paddle and bat sports, like keep your head down when hitting the ball, keep your eye on the ball, and watch the ball hit the paddle. Well, Bob, here's the thing. It's a good idea to keep your head down when you're hitting the ball because your body tends to move where your head goes. And if everything's great and I'm lined up and I'm going to hit the ball perfectly and at the last second I lift my head, well, it's more likely that the paddle lifts as well and then I have an off-center hit. So keeping your head down as you hit is a way to uh, make it more likely that you have solid contact. As far as keeping your eye on the ball, well, yeah, you should watch the ball. It's the thing that's moving. The court isn't moving anywhere, and you can use your peripheral vision to have a sense of where the players are. But the key moment of contact uh, between the paddle and the ball, that's the thing that matters most, right? Related to watch the ball hit the paddle. While you may be able to do that on really slow balls like a dink, Coaches typically ask players to watch the ball hit the paddle, not because you can actually see it, in fact, at any speed, really. Um, It's impossible. It's too fast for the human eye to pick up. So why do coaches do this? Well, it's because watching the ball or trying to watch the ball hit the paddle is a really good mechanism to get players to focus on that moment of contact, to really be attentive to it, to try to watch the ball hit the paddle, even though physically it's not actually possible. So it's a little trick that coaches use to get their players to focus. Second question, Bob asks about when I'm at the non-volley line dinking, should I use shuffle steps or crossovers? I'm getting mixed opinions. Well, here's the thing. Let's say, Bob, you're in Wisconsin, and uh, let's say there's a badger chasing you. I'm guessing that you wouldn't shuffle away from the badger, right? You would turn and run. Why? Well, because turning and running is faster. The pros will use a crossover step when, which is really a running step, when the ball is so far away that the shuffle steps won't work, right? If that's a really wide dink that you're not going to get to if you shuffle, then the crossover crossover step makes sense. But why do players prefer the shuffle steps? Well, for two reasons. When you use shuffle steps to go left or right, you have an open stance. Your body is facing the net. And that open stance position is a stronger, more balanced position to hit from. When you cross over, it's a little less stable. So you're more balanced typically when you use an open stance, so that's nice. The other thing is is that after you hit that dink, let's assume that you moved out to your right, out wide, and you played that dink, well, you'd want to recover back into the middle of your half of the court to get ready for the next ball. And if you shuffle out to the ball, use that open stance to hit, it's then relatively easy to shuffle back to be in position. Whereas if you cross over, it's a little more cumbersome. So players use those shuffle steps both to move to the ball so they're in a better balanced hitting position and to make the recovery easier. But again, if the ball's so far away, shuffling won't get you there. Just pretend a badger's chasing you. Cross over, get to the ball, and then hustle back. You don't have to be that close to it. I hear that you are a big sister now. Is that true? Yeah. What kinds of things do you think that you have to teach your brother how to do? Um, swim and jump off the side because I can jump off the side now. He has to learn how to run and skip. I had to do cartwheels. He has to learn how to cook food make his bed. Hey, do you think you can teach him how to play pickleball? I can. I'm really good at teaching pickleball. Not everyone can be a naturally amazing pickleball coach. 
That's why we created Pickleball Coaching International, the world's best online resource for pickleball instructors and coaches. And if you use the promo code PROBLEMS at the checkout, you'll save $10. So head over to pickleballcoachinginternational.com. Pickleball Coaching International. We make good pickleball coaches even better. See you later, alligator. Bob's third question. Can you please describe how serves with side spin and serves with top spin can be legal considering all the rules related to serving? Sure, no problem. So there are three technical rules that are related to make sure a serve is legal. Rule number one, when you make contact, you've got to make contact below your waist and your waist is defined as your belly button. So that doesn't seem like it's relevant to this particular question. The other rule is that the paddle has to be moving in an upward arc. You've got to be swinging up. You can't be a level swing where you're swinging straight across like you're clearing a table. And it certainly can't be a downward swing. It has to be a swing that's going upwards, that's going low to high. So your question about topspin, well, you can only hit topspin if the paddle is moving in a low to high path. That's how the spin happens, by brushing up the back of the ball. So if there's a sign that there's topspin on the ball, you can guarantee that that paddle is moving in a low to high fashion. So there's no problem there. And finally, the third technical element that's important is that the highest part of the paddle cannot be above the wrist. It can be in line with the wrist, it can be below the wrist, but can't be above. Now, topspin can be hit with the paddle below the wrist or in line with the wrist. It can also be hit with the paddle above the wrist. So that's not a determining factor. So servers need to be careful to make sure that they're not breaking that rule. But there's nothing inherently true about topspin that means you're having an illegal serve. As far as sidespin is concerned, sidespin can be produced where you're still swinging up right on that upward arc, where you're still making contact below your belly button and where you're still uh, making sure that the paddle head is not above the wrist. So there's no inherent problem there either. Where you start to get a little more sketchy is when backspin comes into play because backspin requires typically a high to low swing path. And that high to low swing path, of course, is not allowed. Now, yes, it is theoretically possible to play a ball that goes up and over the net uh, with backspin that still has a low to high swing path. Um, it's very difficult to do. It's not going to be a low ball at all. It's going to be a very high ball. Uh, but for the most part, for the most part, if you are seeing players serve with pure backspin, there's a very good chance that that is an illegal serve because backspin is generally produced with a high to low swing path. All right, that's it for the micro edition of Pickleball Problems. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer, send me an email, mark at thirdshotsports.com. Even better, create a voice memo on your phone and email that to mark at thirdshotsports.com. It's really fun, and that way we get to hear your beautiful voices. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Thanks to our friends over at Selkirk Sport, of course, who make amazing pickleball paddles, gear, bags, shirts, all sorts of stuff. And thanks, Bob, for your great questions. See you in Wisconsin.